listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Church, y'all doing all right today? Yeah. Hey, welcome to the first part of our series called Summer Fruit. My name is Joe Bevilacqua. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet, I'd love to be able to shake your hand if you're cool with that type of thing and uh, uh, learn your name for sure. But Summer Fruit is going to be a series really challenging all of us to not take summer off from God, but produce godly fruit in our lives even through the summer months. It's when everything else is growing. Why don't we do the same thing? Amen, somebody? Today's message is called Summer Hits, and I'm going to do something that I hope it doesn't blow your mind, but uh, I think about some of the, the music that comes on the radio. It makes me think of certain summers. Like there was a song that became an anthem during that summer, and I can't get it out of my mind. Whenever I hear it, I think about that specific time I heard it. Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? Let me just play for you some examples of that. Uh, just yell it out if you know who sings this song, and don't be so coy. Go ahead, guys. Come on. Yeah. Rachel Pro's acting like she doesn't know. She's like, oh, I, is, that, is that Justin Timberlake? Okay, okay, enough of Timberlake at church. He needs to get baptized. Uh, another one. Another one. Go ahead. Oh, come on. Every public school teacher is living this one right now. Alice Cooper schools out for summer. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Here's another one. This was written in 1985, but it's about a different summer. Maybe you can tell me the year. It was the summer of... Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> okay, 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 next one, next one. If you know this one, you grew up in my generation. Tori knows it. LFO... <laughs> <laughs> this would be the summer of 1999 calling, just to let you know. Okay, okay, turn it off for a second. Now, some of you guys are like, I don't like the idea of playing secular music in church. I don't like it. Okay, I got a song for you. You tell me if you know this one. Go ahead, guys. Oh, I love this. Leonard, you know it. Don't act like you don't know this song. Well, I don't listen to secular. You listen to the Beach Boys. Come on, they're baptized in the ocean. Amen. What's the name of this song? California Girl. Come on, somebody, everybody, everybody. You know, when you hear some of those songs, it takes you to a place, doesn't it? And when I hear that song, I think about Kai and I driving at Grand Haven. She's my California girl, everybody. Like, little beach boy action. I tell you, you can feel the Holy Ghost if the beach boys are right. And so, you know, why do I bring that up? I really believe this, and you can feel it. We are in a hit season here at the church. For the last year, our response to all the shutdowns by not shutting down uh, really fueled us. It fueled the people of this church. It broadened in a lot of people that might have had a chip on their shoulder, like, is this for real? I, I don't know about the church at all. And they saw a group of people stand up and say, you know what? We're going to stand up for what's right, and the church of Jesus Christ is still going to gather. And, and so we saw fruit from that. The last year has been a hit. It might not just be a summer thing, but this whole year has been a hit. I mean, we've had so many salvations. I was talking with Pastor Brian about it, and he said since the month of February, there's been one or two weeks where somebody hasn't gotten saved. Only one or two. But people get saved every single week. Every single week, giving their lives to Christ. I mean, like, what do you want? That's a summer hit. And then I think about, like, the baptisms when we just, like, hey, we're doing it. And we had 19 baptisms. Like, like people want more of God. They want more of what's real. They, they want the real Jesus. And, and we've seen life change and people get healed in their bodies, real reports of that. I mean, not souped up, whatever, like somebody got a miracle. And when you see these things happen, they're all indicators. Put your finger to the wind that God is doing something in his church and we're in a hit season. And I found this scripture, if this makes you excited, maybe get excited with me, Zechariah chapter 2. The Bible says, shout and celebrate. Let's just do that right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Shout and celebrate, I'm on my way. Is there any doubt about that? I'm moving into your neighborhood, God's decree. 
many godless nations will be linked up with God at that time. Now think about that. Is that talking about the USA? He's coming back home, everybody. They will become my family. I'll live in their homes. You'll know for sure on this mission, God will reclaim his Judah inheritance. Israel's going to be all right. Something's afoot in his holy house. God is on the move. Amen, somebody? That's what we believe. And what we have to do as Christians is acknowledge when God is doing something. The Bible says that the Spirit of God will not contend with man for long. In other words, if you let it go, if you get lax with it, if if we don't keep on fueling what what got us to this spot, what happens is the Spirit of God will not contend with man. The season will lift. It's not that people won't get saved. It's not that there won't be power in our services or our messages. But there's more meat on the bone. And I don't want to leave that. God has done great things. The last uh, year, 18 months for sure, we took ground, but we can't rest on our laurels. We can't fall back into complacency. Normal isn't good enough. Oh, Pastor, I just want to get back to normal. Really? I don't think we took as much ground when everything was so normal. I'm not saying I'm asking for some of the crazy stuff. I'm just saying as we return back to normal, let's make it a new one. Let's make it something new where God is at the center of everything. We can't stay here. There's more to do. You know, it's easy to forget in seasons like this where God is doing awesome things all the time and the testimonies are rolling in and the team is swelling. It's easy to forget why we do what we do. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to St. Mark. Uh, I want to read out of Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, if you would. Jesus is doing what he does. He's ministering to people, loving on people, and someone approaches him with a need. This is what it says in Mark 1.40. Now a leper came to Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, you can do it, but are you willing? If you are willing, Jesus, you can make me clean. Verse 41, then Jesus moved with compassion, moved with compassion, remember those words, stretch out his hand and touched him. Now go back to that first verse, guys. Uh, I want want you to see how the Bible uh, it really identifies this man how the world identifies him. It identifies the person by his problem, and the world wants to do that to you. The world wants to mark you by your issue, by your downfall, by your weak moment, by that thing you messed up on, that season that you went too far. The world wants to call you your problem. In fact, the world is so good at calling your problem, they tie it to your identity permanently. They actually got so tired of that sensation, they now take pride in these evil things that are becoming defining of people's identity. You know, you are not who others say that you are. You are not your worst moment. You are not that weak moment in your life. You are who God says that you are. Amen, somebody? Never forget it. And so this man's called a leper. Did you know that this man was breaking the law in so much that there were social distancing requirements. You had to be 50 paces away if you were a leper and call out unclean, unclean, and stay 50 paces away from another person on penalty of stoning. The, the government would kill you if you broke their law. Now check that out. So what is the man doing rushing up to Jesus and says, I know you can do it. Can you? Will you? The world is asking the church of Jesus Christ, that question. They look at us from the outside, and we all know how we are. We're normal people, but they see us all put together, uh, sitting in our neat little rows and pious in our churches. I don't know if that's what we're doing, but that's what they think. Maybe you thought that before you came. And they think they might have the answer. They could do something about it. Do they even want to? Are they willing to do anything about it? There were three words in that passage. Jesus was moved with compassion. That, by the way, if you look it up in the Greek, it's it's not three words. It's one word. And I can't pronounce it, so I'm going to even try it. But it's one word in the Greek, and it would convey something more like not moved with compassion. It's more like I'm moved, emotionally torn by it. Like they live like that. They're going through that. That's what they're facing. 
Like as though you were confronted with new information of somebody's downfall. This actually, this Greek, of, a Greek word has a name for the Greek word. It's called the seed of pity. Where it's like, it's the word. Like he wasn't just moved with compassion, everybody. And in fact, the Bible in, in some later translations they try to clean that up. I'm going to read out of the NIV, and if you know me, I'm kind of a, a critic of it. I call it the nearly inspired version because <laughs> I'm a theologian, not, you know, like I love that. But here, it gets it very right. Let me read it for you out of the NIV, Mark 140. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched. I am willing, he said, be clean. This is more than being moved with compassion. That's very poetic and sing-songy. Jesus was indignant. No, this cannot be. It, it, not if I have anything to do with it. I can't let this person face this issue. Not while I can. Of course I will. And, and why is he upset? First of all, he's indignant because, of course, he's confronted with what he's seeing. But number two, he's confronted with that age-old theological blunder are you willing, God? And it angers Christ. Of course, I, he's indignant. Of course, you find me one person in the Bible that Jesus ever, ever refused to heal. You can't find it. I'll give you my house, my whole net worth. You can have all my kids too with it, but, but, but <laughs> you can't find it. You can't find it. He's moved. What I want to make you aware of is this. We're in this hit season, and it is life-giving. It is oxygen. It is like rock star mode is on. Guest services is popping. Kids is popping. Man, life. But you are minutes away from people that are in need. You are moments away from people that are hurting. The need, by the way, is bigger than you think. Nearly 20% of adults report an anxiety disorder. Nearly one in three of all adolescents aged 13 to 18 will experience an anxiety disorder. That means every public school you drive past, one-third of those kids. They're not dealing with anxiety, an anxiety disorder, clinical. 41% of teens in our area say that they have no one that they could ask for help if they were experience violence in their home. Statistically, that's 6,945 teenagers in a five-mile radius of this pulpit. Alcohol consumption is up by double-digit percentage points over the last 12 months. Depression is rampant. Suicide is now the second leading cause of death for those that are aged 10 to 34 years old. Second leading cause of death is suicide. You'll hear legacy news outlets tout the merits of how, oh, the suicide rate went down over the pandemic. That's a bunch of trash. I've talked with police officers myself, and they've said, I responded to a suicide, it was a suicide, and the examiner made it be on the certificate that it was a COVID death. You can silence me. You can try to say it's not true. Truth is true. Shame the devil and tell the truth about it. This is real. Now, let's just say that the news is telling us the truth. Nevertheless, drug overdoses in the United States reached the highest levels on record in the past year. According to the CDC, the illustrious CDC, the never wrong CDC, more than 87,000 Americans died from an overdose the past year, a 30% increase over the previous two years. No, they didn't kill themselves. They killed themselves. It's totally different. Do you hear it? That's what's happening in our backyard. And that's all the while globalism is rise, uh, rising. Pandemics are raging. The government, under the auspice of socialism, is trying to play itself as God. And the church is losing ground. Oh, not worldwide, home in the United States of America. The percentage of Gen Z that identifies as atheist is double that of the rest of the U.S. population. That's a Barna survey. Generation Z, those people that were born after 1996, 34% identify as atheist, agnostic, or non-religious. Hear me, Christian. If we don't do something about this now, my kid's generation, if the Lord tarries, my kid's generation will be the first since the resurrection of Christ to experience a, a, a decrease, a, a loss of ground in the church global. Let that not be so. Yeah. 
there is 131,303 people living within a five-mile radius of this church. Nearly a half million are living within a 10-mile radius. How many people are dealing with just the few things that I mentioned in this list? Well, let me just tell you, a lot, a lot of people. You lock people up in, the t- in their houses. No wonder the streets are full of rage. It's a sociological impact on a mind. Of course that happened. I'm not defending it. It's wrong. It's Looney Tunes, some of the things that are being touted as, ah, stop, Bev. It's wrong. It's wrong. But it's a sociological impact of imprisoning people. Man was not meant to be caged. Man was created to be free. And so we put this on people, and we see the effects. I'm telling you the impact on people's minds, again, if the Lord tarries, which I'm not convinced. Will you watch in 20 years the impact that that one little year, that that, oh, we just borrowed a year, what that's going to have on people's lives. So here's what I want to give you today. I want you to leave with this in your heart. I want this to be felt. Not on my watch. Go ahead and put it up there, guys. Not on my watch. I'm not going to sit idly by. Why do they get to say offensive things? But if we say offensive things, we're silenced. Why do they get to say whatever they want in the name of tolerance? They're, they're not tolerant. Their own tolerance turns people in on each other and can, they consume each other. That's not tolerance. We are tolerant. We are loving. That's our thing. And so what we need to do is not be put off by the world being evil. We need to get comfortable with the fact that the world isn't just changing. It is. But the world has changed. Make peace with that Christian and decide to love them anyway. And say, listen, I'm not going to lose America on my watch. Not in my generation. I'm not going to do it. There are needs all around us. I want us to be bothered. I want us, listen, I want you to be comfortable and blessed in Christian uh, blessing, but I don't want you to be so comfortable that you become complacent. That you sit on your hands, that you think, oh, this is great. We got a crowd on a Sunday, and we think that that is God's goal for our life. His church needs to be packed. But there are people outside these four walls that need the life-giving message of Christ that we have. Isn't that right, Eddie? They need it, and we can't rest on our laurels. Mark 1, Jesus was indignant. Look at me. I'm indignant. How could they live like that? They're consuming themselves. They're fighting against them. There's so much, so much of a better way to do things. There's, there's so much a, a peace that they don't even understand. And we have that message, and I'm not going to sit on it. We have the message of blessing. We have the message of hope. That depression that's carving people out on the inside. They're killing themselves with powders and drugs and and hanging themselves in our backyards. And because we live near a big city, we drive past every day and say, have another cup of coffee, have another slice of pie. I'm indignant. I've seen too much. I've seen too much. I can't let this generation go by and not get the help that they deserve. Proverbs 3, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. Gang, listen to me. I believe God has called us to be a dynamic church where the lost are found where the found find freedom and purpose in this house. And we're all of us together. Get out of these four walls and go make a difference. Amen, somebody. Is anybody with me? Is anybody with me? I'm indignant. And so we've been able to take this type of ground in the past 12 months, 18 months, because I've had your buy-in. I'll let you know, today I'm not asking you for any money. Just to relax some of you from that one part of Europe with wood shoes. It's all right. I'm asking for your buy-in. I need your support. We need each other's support in all of this. One of the main ways that we're going to be taking ground, and there's many ways this summer. We're, we're having a summer semester of groups. We're going to be doing outreaches all the time. We're going to be teaching towards the harvest that I believe is coming this fall. But one of the ways that we're going to be taking ground is through an event called Drive Into Freedom. 
it's going to be incredible. Now, I've been talking about this for a couple weeks. We saw the video today, but it's going to be a huge deal. Here's what this is. On Independence Day weekend, it is pulling teeth to get any of you out of your house for the 9 o'clock service. So I stopped it for that weekend, for that weekend. And so there's no 9 o'clock service. There's going to be one service at 11 o'clock. It's going to be here on the campus, but it's going to be a drive-in service. So maybe you've come to the church and you never got to experience the drive-in. You can come experience it. The difference is you can get out of your car now if you'd like, you know? Praise God. <laughs> Do you hear that whoop? And so we get to have a drive-in church service. It will be 60 cotton-picking minutes. None of that long Pastor Joe junk. That, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, just kidding. We're going to have a 60-minute service. We're going to have praise and worship like normal. We'll have a patriotic presentation. And then Justin Barclay is going to be preaching. I'm excited about that. I'm excited. Well, wait a second, Pastor Joe. What's he going to be preaching? He's going to be preaching a message out of the Bible. Probably about Jesus and freedom. I'd venture to guess. I'm going to tell you something about Justin Barclay. He's a man of God. And I trust just about anything that he'd have to say. And when he comes, he's going to be preaching the Bible. And I think we ought to hear what he has to say. Amen? I think that we ought to hear that your freedoms come from God, not granted to you by any person. You were born to be free, born by God to be free. And so that 60-minute service is going to be phenomenal. And it's going to be great for uh, many reasons, one of which is this. People are going to be on vacation, and they're going to be coming back into the city on Sunday. You might as well go do something fun. Now, I am so proud of the metropolis of Stondelay, which is French for Standale. They had their parade. Did anybody hear that they had their parade? Good for them. But there's so many fairs and festivals and rodeos. They're all canceled still because of a bunch of limp-wristed noodles. Anyway, praise the Lord. And so you like the fact that we're open, right? You you yeah, right. Yeah. You like the fact that we're doing stuff, but listen, I don't just need your agreement on this. We need to show the world like if you need the men of God, the church to lead the way to show you what it's like to have a good time, my Lanta, let's have a good time. Let's have a big old party. And so that's what the next hour or two after driving to freedom is going to be. We're going to have things like the uh, uh, tailgate carnival. I'm excited about this one. This is something that I think it was in between Eddie and a couple other people. We, we came up with this concept of having carnival games. So we're going to get it from a rental company, have all kinds of carnival games, and mix it with the concept of a trunk or treat where you go from tailgate to tailgate. And you'll play games, carnival games, and you'll get all kinds of health food desserts. Okay? <laughs> Get you some cotton candy for your kid. You know it was a summer festival when your three-year-old comes by. They have, like, sugar in their hair. <laughs> and I, that's the vision for this church, put sugar in your kid's hair. And so we want to have a big old tailgate carnival. We're going to have a, a, a dunking booth over there. So people, everybody wants to dunk the pastor. All right, I'll get up there and do it, you know. We'll go do it. I know how to sim great, you know, and uh, I'm going to wear one of those old school, like, 20s bathing suits, though, when I do it. You know what I mean? Maybe a choir robe. I don't know. You see, I'm going to donate my body to science when I die, science fiction. And so, uh, yikes. Anyway, moving on. So we're going to have carnival games and a dunk tank and all kinds of fun things I want. I want to say it, but Lisa will slap my hand until we actually have confirmation on it, but uh, it's going to be great. We're going to have inflatables. We're going to have inflatable obstacle course and a double slide, two ladders and two slides going down. It's going to be a riot for kids. It's going to be hotter than blazes. We literally have to spray pledge on there so they go down and they don't come down without <laughs> skin on their back. <laughs> we're going to have show cars. That means that we're going to have muscle cars and hot rods and classic cars. Oh, we're going to have an awesome car show. So there's going to be something for everybody there. And we're going to have food trucks. What's the name of that place? Pronto Pups is going to be there. Don't go to Grand Haven and wait in line for two and a half hours. Pronto Pups got saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going to be here at New Chapel. Welcome home. I like that guy, too, because he opened up when everybody told me. Could. Praise God. And so... We're going to have an after-party concert that's playing. Guys, the atmosphere is going to be awesome. Why are we doing all that? We're doing this to open our doors to the community. 
How many are related to somebody that has literally said before, well, if I ever go into that church, if I ever darken the door, the, the whole roof is going to cave in on me. Anybody ever, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, the whole thing's going to cave in. You know, did you notice the front row, the pastoral staff was like, yeah, we got family like that. <laughs> yeah. But what if we got them in the parking lot? What if that husband of yours that never wants to go to church, what if he comes that day? Because it's going to be patriotic. And we're going to have some stuff going. You know what I'm saying? And we show them that we're normal. What are you laughing about all of a sudden? Knock it off. <laughs> oh, Pastor Joe, I don't know about that. That's Independence Day weekend. You know, we like to go camping. We like to go on the lake. Listen, I love the lake. I told the GO team this morning, I said, it is days like today that fool us to living here for the other nine months. We, do you know we wear a jacket for nine months? But then you go out, I'm talking about Grand Haven, baby. Sun's going down. Kids are, that's why we stay here. And so I encourage you, go, Grand Haven. Go up to Ludington. Have your fun. Go to the lake. I mean, just have, go camping, please. But I'm going to make a big ask and say, be here on the day of driving to freedom. Leave early. Or leave, dot in, have a great time, and, and go back camping. You can do that. Nothing else is open. You might just as well come and have fun at church, you know? And, and here's the thing. When I make an ask like this, I can see some people are excited. Some people are like, ooh, you know, because we got plans to go do the and I think in so many ways, when we talk about those statistics and we talk about the society that we're living in and we want the revival, we get, we get excited about that. But when I'm like, okay, now we're, we're going to sacrifice now. Yep. Well, you know, I'll do it, but, you know, it's not that day. I mean, you know, how about I give money? You know, I'm not asking for your money. I want your butt. <laughs> Tweet that. <laughs> it's the title of my first book, you know. <laughs> that church just wants your money. No, they don't. They'll put you at work, you know. <laughs> so, so, so what, if, what if we didn't have to have Jesus fit into our schedule? What if we didn't have cheap Jesus? And what if we had the real Jesus? What if we let Jesus interrupt our schedule? What if we said, Jesus, you know what? You, you called my church to do this thing. It's all hands on deck. Praise the Lord. All hands on deck. I'm in. We'll change things around a little bit. I can make that thing happen. We're still going to have fun. You know, you got plane tickets. God bless you. Not my, you're, you're not my battle. But you're surrounded by people that just don't want to, just want to, don't do that. I think God's called you to bear summer fruit. I think that God's called you not to take the summer off and come back and try to play catch up with your kids, try to play catch up with, with your life, try to get back. What, what if we just stayed plugged in? What if we stayed connected to the source? What if we got on fire? And listen, my hopes aren't on an event. I'm not an events person. I'm not an events uh, company. We're doing this to welcome in the lost. Right? And so what if this fall became our greatest season of harvest? that we've ever had at this church. What if? Wow. I have a couple of thoughts about how not to be a cheap Jesus church. A, open your doors, but there's more. Uh, three thoughts in particular. Number one, let's let our choices lead and our feelings follow. I could preach this in every sermon series ever. I could preach it every single week because most want the feelings to lead and then, and, and, and then they'll take a step. And I got to tell you, I mean, there, there's no doubt. In fact, there, there's somebody in the room. And, and you keep on expecting to feel a certain way before you take that step. And it's not happening, Jack. Ain't happening. You, you have to trust God and take a step before you ever feel anything. And most people want to have all of the affirmation of what they're doing is perfect and right. They want to know the end from the beginning. And God knows the end from the beginning. But you are called to take a step despite your feelings. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, the Bible says Jesus went. Everybody say went. went. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. There's a whole series I could teach off from that verse. Verse 36. When he saw, so he went and then he saw. Say saw. saw. He went and then he saw the crowds. He had compassion. Say the word had. had. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Does that describe any of the stats I just read? 
So Jesus, what did he do? He went, and then he saw, and then he had compassion on them. There's a progression that even Jesus Christ went on. He took the step, and then he saw some things, and it opened his eyes. Then he had compassion. We have to get the order right. See, you're not going to feel responsible to take a step if, if you don't feel, but necessarily that, that feeling necessarily isn't going to show up before you take the step. So you got to go and see some things. That'll move you. That'll brew the feels in your life. Feelings are great indicators, but they're poor leaders. It's an indicator for action. So let's decide to go before we really feel anything about it. You don't have to feel anything about it. In fact, some of the great things God has called me to do, the steps I was called to do, planting this church felt horrifying. Oh, wasn't it just great and angels and the anointing? Didn't you feel the anointing? No, I felt horror. It was horrifying. Now, when everybody's laughing at my jokes and giving God praise, yeah, it feels great. Felt like a war. But feelings followed. Doesn't mean that the anointing wasn't there. Doesn't mean that it wasn't the right decision. All of those things were true, but I had to take a quality step. I remember somebody invited me to go preach in the prisons. And I was like, I don't want to go preach in the prisons. I don't want to go in there. Who likes to watch Locked Up besides me? Okay, like, I like to see how they live, like visit on TV, you know? I don't want to go. That's a lot. You know, look at me. I can't take that kind of thing. You know, and so, no, no, you got to go. And this person was like up in my grill about doing it. I was like, okay, praise God. We'll go preach in the county jail. And so I had to get cleared by a forgotten man and, and all the different qualifications and fingerprints and background checks. Oh my gosh, you know. And, um, and so then I, I, I meet there the day of, I got my Bible, my little traveling sermon and Man, I tell you what, that's a lot. If you've never been to the Kent County Jail, it's like door after door. It's like, tick, 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 You feel that. And there's like 10 or 12 before we get back. And all of a sudden, I'm in this hallway. They had a riot at one point, and I'm in the hallway. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I saw the footage from this, you know? And we get back to the, to the room, and it's an open cell. Like, everybody's just living their lives, and we walk in. And they're like, all right, it's church. And I'm like, well, thanks for the intro. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm the preacher for today. <laughs> so we go back to this room, and any who wants to, you know, so they get back to the room. Oh, my gosh. So you're locked in. Now, there's a dude in the pod, but he's over there playing Nintendo, okay? Like, you're there. And so I'm like, all right, there's a guy in front of me who's eight feet tall. He's got tattoos everywhere. I mean, look at me. Some of you guys have tattoos. You all look tough. I, tattoo would not do me well. People, when they see me and I start talking, we just start cutting up and they just start laughing. <laughs> People just laugh. And like, if I had a tattoo, they'd think it's part of a joke, you know? This guy's all tatted up and he's for real. Here's how you know they're for real. He had a Tyson Okay, like that's for real. You got a Tyson tattoo in your eyeball, you and he goes in there, and he's not even opening up his mouth. Or he's like, hi. Sits down, breathing through his nose. Just angry. Just looks angry. So I'm like, okay, how to Matthew's gospel. I'm preaching this traveling sermon, which all of a sudden feels like the Disney Channel. It's called The King Has One More Move. Oh, boy. You know, like it's just... can't feel my hands, you know. I'm, pre I'm preaching this message, and I'm like, I get to the end. I'm, I'm, telling, it's, I'm, I'm thinking, this is the last message I'm ever going to preach. These guys are going to kill me. And so I'm just like, literate, Bev. And I'm like, God, I'm just preaching, you know. And I go, heads bowed, eyes closed. And my eight-foot <laughs> tall dude, he goes, puts his head down, he goes, Pah. and tears start streaming out his face. You have no idea what some people have gone through. And Jesus spoke to me and said, I told you not to look at their faces. My man got saved. 
a couple other people. And I went there for some time. Later graduated to the Jackson prison. Now that, you feel like you're in a movie, but I didn't feel like going. I will tell you that, but I went and I saw, and I'll tell you, the feels came in, a perspective I never had. I don't know if I'm called to this Independence Day weekend thing. I don't know about that. It's on a holiday weekend. You know, Passover was uh, when Jesus was crucified on the cross. It was a holiday weekend there in Israel. A lot of people in town, lots of fun. That's hard, Pastor. Sure is. Let me tell you why choosing to be behind Drive Into Freedom is so important. You're going to win. It's going to rally you. Nothing motivates like results. You see this campus full of people and young people and people are having a fun time. Nothing motivates like that. You're going to win also because nothing is going on. So you might as well come and have some fun. You're going to win because you're going to see new faces. You're going to leave that thing, and it will be good for you, but it's going to be good for you. Let me tell you another thing. We're all going to win. It will rally this church. Nothing motivates like results. The teams that are serving behind the scenes and the shifts that are going to go on and off, I'm telling you, it will be oxygen for our team. We'll be ready for our next battle. It will rally this church, and we will see numbers come in over the following weeks afterwards. It will be wonderful. The salvations will follow. Trust me. And our community is going to win. In a world that wants to shut them down and shackle them, the church, the men of God, giving them permission to get out and have a good time, let their kids be normal. I'm telling you, the word will get out about a church that loves its community. So number one, let our choices lead and feelings follow. Number two, let's choose to see people the right way. Why do you say that, Pastor Joe? Because people are going to give you every reason to not see them the right way. They'll have a hard exterior, an unpolished veneer, a shell on the outside that's hard. Some people, you'll end up giving and investing in, in, in this great event all your time, you know, and you get there and you'll see people and it's, it's almost like they're blowing you off. Or they're not taking it seriously or they're, they're not grateful when they take things. Don't be moved by that. Don't be moved by that. People will put a hard exterior on. What I've learned in my life of encountering hurting people is that hurting people hurt people. And they'll try to shake you up just to see if you're for real. And I just wonder, I know you can. Are you willing? Will you be there with? Will you let them rattle your cage a little bit? Let them be rude to you and you'll still love them. You say, God, don't, don't put their sin on them. They're a bunch of jerks. I'll wring their neck, but I love them. You know, like, just, yeah, I'll invite them back, God. You know, like, I will, will you be that church? I think that's what God's called us to be. I think about a kid that I had in my youth ministry, and he was all emo. Remember emo? Shows up in different forms, everybody, but wearing all black. They got all kinds of, you know, stainless steel on their body. They got said tats, you know, all over the place. They're tough, but the only difference was emo wore skinny jeans while it was doing all of that. Kid comes in, chip on his shoulder, looking angry, just wants to flirt with his girlfriend, have his arm around her, pop off at leaders. That kid made me upset. I wore my butt kicking shoes one Wednesday because I was like, let him pop off one more time. Let him pop off. <laughs> I finally talked to the kid. Said, Why are you like that? Why are you so angry? It lets me know about abuse and neglect going on in his home. That's why. My aggravation went to compassion in a moment. Invested in that kid. Got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized. I baptized him more. I performed his wedding. He went to Bible school, and he serves in ministry today. Thank you, God. <laughs> We have to learn to look at people the way God looks at people. And God sees who they are from the beginning to the end. sees his kids. makes me think about the Good Samaritan in the Bible. I'm not going to have us turn there just for time. But there was a person that got beat up by a whole bunch of thieves. The thieves looked at this person as a victim. Well, lo and behold, the next person that walks down is a priest, the pastor of that day. And he looks at that person and says... I don't want to get unclean. I can't get my hands dirty in this. This is for other people. And he walks up with his nose up in the air. Well, then church people come, the Levites. They come and he says, oh, not going to do anything about it. Walk right past him. They looked at the man as though he was a liability. They didn't want to be associated with his filth. And then somebody who wasn't a church person, the good Samaritan. This would have been an unbeliever in our context. 
finds the guy and nurses him back to health. Takes him over. They didn't have hospitals, but they had inns. And they put him up in a hotel, took him four seasons, right? And said, look, if he needs to stay for any longer, I'll come back and pay the bill. You guys know me. Here's my info. I'll be back. And Jesus said, which one was his neighbor? And they said, well, it was a good Samaritan. He said, you go and be exactly like that. You go do exactly what that person did. You look at your neighbors, whatever they look like. And they might not be so outwardly shown as beat up and bloody, but I'll tell you, this world will fillet you on the inside. What if we love people beyond the exterior, beyond the hardness? And it's hard in America oftentimes to see people past that. But we need to give a hand up, not a hand out. We need to see people through, not see through people. We need to be a church that's not so, so, so taken up with our cute little church services that we're too high and mighty to get outside of these four walls. Say amen, somebody. And so the drive into freedom is part of remedying that burden. My hometown, there was nothing to do. We didn't have a bowling alley. We didn't have anything. My buddy, he's come to church off and on. Um, he just got out of prison. I love this guy. We used to blow up mailboxes on Emberlin and Sylvan Lane. I literally Googled the statute of limitations before I even conveyed that to you today, just to let you know. It's a federal offense. <laughs> Nothing to do, okay? And there was this church in this hometown for 10, 12 years. I heard about all the great things they did. They'd have an Easter egg palooza. They'd have a, a Halloween event, Halloween extreme. I mean, like trunk or treat on steroids. And they had all kinds of fun events for Christmas and during the summer and patriotic things. And I heard about it and I saw it and I heard about it and heard about it and saw it. And I saw friends get swept up into their youth ministry for over a decade before I ever walked in the doors. Now, in culture where everything's shut down, it's a level playing field. It's just like that small town. Nothing's going on. And we have an opportunity to be a shining light. We need to see past the crowd of it all and see the people and be a church that invests in that way. And you know, church, we don't see past people. I want to talk to you about that. Hunter, come on up here. Will you all give a round of applause to my friend Hunter? Now, Hunter... You came into this church. Talk to us a little bit about your experience and what God is doing in your life. Come right now. Um, One of the many things, but it's dominoes being stacked up that's going to give us a strong fall, a harvest. And I want you to serve. I want you to get involved in this. A couple different opportunities. Go ahead and throw up that slide, guys. First of all, for the tailgate carnival, we need 25 families to say, I'm in, I'll do it. Now, we have in between 10 and 15 different rentals that we're going to be bringing in, rental games. So for 15 of you, you don't have to figure anything out, but we've already heard people who want to do a ring toss and a cakewalk and things like that. They're excited about creative things they want to come up with. I need 25 of you to sign up today to say, I'm in, I'll do it, I'll, I'll decorate my car all patriotic, and I'll be part of the tailgate carnival. I need 25. For show cars, if you have a muscle car, hot rod, classic car, your daddy has one, your grandpa has a DeLorean, donate that DeLorean to the church. In Jesus' name, it's a tax-deductible gift. Trying to help your grandpa. <laughs> but if, if you have a relative that has a classic car, any of those type of cars, bring them. Bring them. They want to show that off. Bring them here because we're having a car show. We got a great lead on this already, but I want to blow it away. So many more cars than anybody ever imagined. And then we're going to need event staff. That's going to be people who can help relieve other people in the tailgate carnival so their families can enjoy the actual event. And we need people to hand out, uh, 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 we're going to have different carts, golf carts put together that are going to have uh, drinks and ice cream. We're, I mean, we're just going to be blessed in this community like, like you can't imagine. And so we need event staff. You can sign up over at that table. Now, I want you to get loud about this because I'm excited. I'm going to tell you my goal for this event, and I hope we bust it. But this is my goal. Tell me if you're excited about it. I'm believing God for 500 people on this campus that day. Come on, somebody. We can do it. We can take the hill. Now, here's the big ask. Ushers, stand up. Come forward. I want you to pass out those cards right now. Here's the big ask. Every person in the room is going to be handed one of these cards. You got excited. You said, I'm in, Pastor. I don't need your agreement. I need your involvement. Yeah. I need you to get behind this thing. This card says, yes, Pastor, 
I'll be there on July 4th for the event. This is not you signing up for, for serving. This is not anything like that. This is literally me becoming aware of who I can count on in my church. Can I count on the fact that you'll be there? Well, man, we're going to have to leave the campground early. Leave it. We're, we were planning on coming into town two, three hours later, coming earlier. I want you to write down your name. Now, if you're with your spouse, I want them to fill out their own card, okay? One of you only put down the kids, because if both of you put down the kids, I'm going to have an inaccurate count. Why are you having us do this, Pastor Joe? If everybody comes to New Chapel on the same Sunday, we have in between 30 and 40% more people. Look at any Easter or Christmas when everybody's in the house at once. Most of those people aren't first-time visitors. Most of them call this place home, but we all come on the same day. We're almost to that goal already if we just all show up. Now, while I'm asking you to take up your cross and bear it, how first-world problems is that to come to an awesome patriotic event? But I want, I want your buy-in. I need you. We need you. And together, we're going to be able to make a difference through this. Now, on the way out, your usher is going to be asking you to take this card. So, so I know how some of y'all, you're like, <laughs> nope. They'll get you. I've given the ushers permission for the first time in a year and a half to touch you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They will, though. But um, you need to turn this in. I need to know. I need to know what's going on. I got plans to make. I'm trying to win this world for Jesus, and I need a church to get behind me on it. I need to know if you're on or off. Go big or go home. Exactly. Let me know. If you're filling it out blank, I guess that's what you got to do. But, but outside of plane tickets, I'd be there. I think it's going to be a phenomenal opportunity for you, our community, and people that are far from God. Put your name down. Now, God loves you. God is for you. He saved those of us that confess Jesus. He saved you. And although this is an inconvenience for some, for some of you, you're so excited about this, you can't see straight because you live in the city and can't wait to have fun. But I'm going to tell you, why do we do this? Why do we invest in people? Why do we love people outside of this church that we don't even know? I'll tell you why. 1 John chapter 4. Read it with me. We love him because... That's it, everybody. When we were wretched, when someone down the line in your great pedigree didn't have a good pedigree, before anybody knew who you were, before, before you were out in public having a stable life, I'm telling you, God loved you at your worst. He loved you at your lowest. He saw you at the lowest pit, and he still said, that's my daughter, that's my son, I'm not done with them. Hell doesn't get to judge them. I will raise them up. And so that's why we love is because God first loved us. And church, if you go on this journey with me, if we can begin to make a difference together in our community, if we will be that church that doesn't sit on our hands but gets out and becomes the hands and feet of Jesus, you will produce summer fruit. I know it. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the work you're doing in people's hearts and lives. Lord, I pray for my people right now. God, I pray for those people that are really chewing on it. They're, they're, is, they're sweating, thinking about putting it down because they want to do other things. God, I pray that they would just throw caution to the wind and join the crazy group of people that are going to love on people far from God. God, I pray that you'd help them to make a hard decision. God, I pray for those people that are so excited about this they can't see straight. That they would get engaged and involved and that year after year we can blow this event up and reach our community for Jesus. God, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, help me to find them in Jesus' name. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you need a relationship with God, the only way is through Jesus. If you call him Lord, you avoid hell you gain heaven. But eternal life doesn't start when you die. It starts the moment you accept Christ. Church, I want you to pray it with those people praying it for the first time, but let's all pray it out loud and proud. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sins so I could be forgiven. You raised him from the dead. This I believe. 
So with my heart and with these words, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord. I surrender now. Jesus, I call on you. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Put your spirit in me. I receive all that you have for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for those people that accepted Christ. Come on. Now listen, if you accepted Christ, just let us know about it. Same way the first time visitors are, they're going online or they're filling out one of those connection cards. God has great things for you. We wanted to send you a note talking about next steps that God has in the faith. One more time, church, loud and proud. Give it up to people that accepted Christ. Stand up on your feet, gang. Hey, did y'all get anything out of this message? Like, not on my watch. I hope you leave here with a holy unrest, a holy fire. I think we can reach the world, take on hell with a squirt gun. Amen? <laughs> hey, one announcement before I pray for us, and that is not this next weekend, but the weekend after that, June 20th, is Dads and Grads. If you know New Chapel, we go big on uh, all of these type of celebrations, Mother's Day and Father's Day. Because of the shutdown last year, you know, it was a little bit different, but we still gave every dad, it was like a $5 gift card to Home Depot or the Starbucks. I mean, depending if you were like, you know, a handy dad or if you're just like, whatever, you know. And so, so listen, get dad here. I get it that dad's like, you know, hey, bacon is my love language, you know, but Get him a bacon sandwich from Tim Hortons on the way to church on that Sunday. And I give you absolute absolution. You can lie to him to get him here. It's okay. Tell him you're going to Moss Ridge Golf Course. It's all right. It's all right. Okay? And so there's Father's Day, but it's also going to be a day that we want to acknowledge and celebrate our recent high school and college graduates. But listen, you need to let me know about it. So go to newchapel.com slash dadsandgrads, dads, D-A-D-S-A-N-D-G-R-A-D-S, dads and grads, and you can sign up online or you can go to guest services, G-U-E, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so, so please do let us know because what we'd like to do is have them wear their cool little scholarly hat and come up on stage and we want to pray for them as they go into the next season of their life. And I think it's important for their church to show them support and the accomplishment that they achieve. So make sure that you sign up. Make sure that you're here. Let's pack it out on Father's Day at New Chapel. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Amen. Kai, why don't you come up here, babe? Let's pray for the people. I'll give it for my beautiful wife. Yeah. We love you guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace from generation to generation. God, let it not stop with us. In Jesus' name. And as you go, have a great weekend. As you go. We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com slash watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.